Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. My name is Andy Last and you are listening to Beyond Synth. This is episode, uh, what is this? <laughs> oh, look at that, I'm forgetting what episode it is. As per usual, it's episode 88 and it is of course season 5 of Beyond Synth. We're on season 5 now, it's very exciting. My guest today is the Astral Stereo Project. I've enjoyed his music for a long time, and uh, it was good to finally have a chat with him. So how are you guys doing, uh, lovely listeners of Beyond Synth? How was your holiday? It's weird. I haven't recorded in a while, so I'm a little fucking uh, out of it, let's say. Uh, I gotta get back into my element here, into the regular... Th- the regular... <laughs> I was about to say the regular scheme of... What? <laughs> I was going to say the regular scheme of things, and then in trying to say what I was going to say, said scheme instead of scheme. Is scheme a thing? Now I'm worried that scheme is like some fucked up sex thing. Listen, guys, welcome to the show. (laughs) I hope you guys had a lovely holiday, or as best as you could, and I hope you guys look forward to a lovely season of Beyond Synth, season five, because uh, I am looking forward to it as well. Okay, I've got a lot of good guests coming up in the next few weeks and some exciting things to announce, but uh, not this episode, but uh, there's some cool things on the way for Beyond Synth. I feel like all of my English phrases are off today. That's something I'm going to have to work on. Anyways, listen, nothing's changed over here at Beyond Synth. We are still brought to you by DownToJam.com. All right, now if you don't know what that is, I'm going to tell you now. Maybe I should get Down to Jam to come up with a new catchphrase. I mean, it's season five after all. I need different copy to read. Ad copy. Down to Jam is a free website that helps musicians around the world connect based on musical compatibility. If you are a musician looking for a partner to jam with or to fill a spot in your band, you're going to want to check out this site and sign up. It's called downtojam.com. D-O-W-N-T-O-J-A-M.com. Check it out. That is that. Let's listen to some music. This is a cool track. This is Neon Lights by Grey Saturn.
And that was Neon Lights by Gray Saturn. That is a cool track. Uh, if you like cool tracks, I do personally, but you know, I, I can't speak for you guys, all right? And I'm not going to. Well, it's the start of a new year, so maybe it's it's not the start of a new year, but it's <laughs> it was the start of a new year a few weeks ago. So maybe what I'll do is uh, go through the mail sack and just see if there's any uh, old mail that I've uh, haven't gotten to yet. And uh, we'll work through some of those in the next few episodes. But we'll read some now. So let's go to the mail sack. Be faithful listeners writing to the show. Hoping that your note gets picked from the mail This is from a guy called Dan Hrivnak. Dan Hrivnak. Hrivnak. (laughs) Still one thing hasn't changed on this show is my ability to pronounce crazy names. Not that your name is crazy, just that, uh... No, let's face it, it's crazy. Hrivnak. Is that... Is that a real name, or is that, like, backwards for something? Canveer? No, that's just a strange. Anyways, uh, uh, Dan said, uh, Your podcast is the only one I subscribe to at the moment, so I just discovered Synthwave maybe three months ago, and your podcast maybe two months ago or less. So I'm randomly listening to old episodes that either sound good or that you reference later. Just listened to the Moon Dragon one and wanted to say that you were spot on. I started with loving video game music, then electronic trance, etc., and I definitely love Synthwave. Also, I'm a man of a certain age, born in 82, so you got the demographic right. My gateway song was Droid Bishop, Nightland. After that, I found Pilot Priest and Magic Sword and was hooked. Thanks for sifting through all the music to share the good stuff with us. Well, thanks, Dan, for listening to the show. And yeah, you know, it actually takes a little bit more work than it sounds like it does. Because I really get stuck when I'm listening to music and trying to pick out tracks to play on the show. I actually get stuck sometimes listening to playlists over and over again going like, do I want to play this song? Sometimes artists will send me, you know, an album and it's okay and I'm just scanning through the album trying to get the best song because I want to basically play the best one that I think represents that artist. And then sometimes I'll get stuck on that for weeks. <laughs> like, literally, I will be listening to the playlist over and over again going like, I mean, do I play this song? I mean, this one's kind of cool too, or whatever. And it's weird. And you'd think, well, the simple answer would just be to play both songs. But uh, I also don't want to... I, I don't know. I just... I have a lot of really silly rules in my head that uh, slow the whole process down. Anyways, if you have some mail you want me to read on the show for the mail sack segment uh you can contact me through the beyond synth facebook page through the beyond synth soundcloud on twitter i am at andy last all of those things are very easy to find a lot of people i will get messages from people from time to time all surprised they'll say like oh you have a patreon or oh there's a sound or there's a facebook page and i'm like yeah if you type in beyond synth into google (laughs) 
You literally get the top four sites you need. So anytime you've ever wondered, like, oh, what is this website? Like, what is the Beyond Synth Patreon or what is the Beyond Synth SoundCloud? Just type in Beyond Synth into Google. You don't even have to type Beyond Synth SoundCloud because that's the first one that pops up because it gets the most traffic. So write me a message on any one of those things. Title the message Mail Sack, and I'll read it on the show. And now we're going to listen to some music. This is a track by Alpha Rhythm, and this is Round and Round We Go.
And that was Round and Round We Go by Alpha Rhythm. And uh, Alpha Rhythm's actually really cool. He sent me some of his tracks, I think just before the new year, and I was listening to a bunch, and there's actually some that are really cool, and I was, I was like, oh, this, this stuff's awesome. So um, I'm going to be playing a few more of his tracks uh, in the next few episodes, but that is Alpha Rhythm, so check it out. You know, as always... I post the links on the SoundCloud page. So if you go to soundcloud.com slash beyondsynth, click on the more info button when you're on the episode, and then you'll get all the links to the artists and stuff like that. And I think I'm going to do something new this year, and I'm not sure. I mean, technically, I'm just recording the show now, so I haven't prepared the uh, the MP3s yet for the episode. But when I do, I don't know how many. I mean, it's only a few of you that actually download the show. Like, the download numbers are a very small fraction of the people who actually stream Beyond Synth. But if you actually download the MP3s of Beyond Synth from the SoundCloud or through iTunes or whatever, there's not much info on the the metadata of the iTunes right now, but I'm going to start putting more in. So for the people that do download the MP3s, when you check on the, uh, you know, what this mp3 is about i want to have the list of all the artist links and stuff right now i just say the air date so if you click on the you know the information of the uh, beyond synth mp3 you'll get like you know it'll say the original air date and you know what episode number it is and stuff like that but i'm uh, i think i'm going to change and put a bit more information into the file itself so that uh, if you're listening to the show with itunes or whatever you can click the more info button there as well and also get links and i think that's something i'm going to start as of now in season five I don't know that I'm going to really spend the time to retroactively (laughs) do that with all the old episodes because then I would need to obviously re-upload everything and I'm not going to do that. That's that, man. Hey, it's been a long time. Let's read some junk email. So as you know, uh, maybe you're new to the show or whatever, but I like to read my junk emails on the show. I've actually been getting a lot less because I changed email addresses, but thankfully I've got some lovely listeners who send me the junk email they receive, and uh, I've added those to the big list of emails I'm going to read, but I still have a huge stack of emails from my own fucking uh, email address. However, since we don't have a lot of time today, instead of reading the typical junk emails I receive, which are usually those, you know, Nigerian prince scams, I've decided to read a bunch of the sorted junk emails I get, and these are fun because they are very quick and easy to read. This was an email I received, which was addressed to James, (laughs) which I always love. James, this was from Herminia Odom, and uh, she says, just came, <laughs> just came home, <clears throat> just, just came home and took a hot douche, so if you, <laughs> just came home and, <laughs> Just came home and took a hot douche, so if you are from London, please help me soften my sexual tension with your body. <laughs> that was from Herminia Odom, which is clearly a real name. Sometimes you get junk emails that are only a, 
like a word or a sentence and you just wonder like, what the fuck is this? This was from Brazilian woman team want to date a Brazilian woman. And then the entire body of the email was date a lonely Brazilian. <laughs> like there wasn't even like, do you want to or what? It's just, <laughs> just date a lonely Brazilian. Is that question even directed at me? I mean, it was addressed to James, so I, <laughs> I guess it wasn't. This was... <laughs> I love these. All right, so this one was... It says at the at the top of the email in bright red letters, You make a good chance. Hi, James. <laughs> we are searching for a person living in Australia who goes by your email address. This person have been specially selected to get a chance to win a brand new Toyota Kluger. <laughs> Worth zero dollars. <laughs> Three out of five persons on the list have already confirmed this week. And then it says, my email address says not confirmed. And then it says the people who have confirmed, which is Sarah Olson, Simon T. Dolan, Thomas Ohana, and Dennis K. Ramsey. He confirmed eight days ago. We need the last persons to confirm now, or else the seats in the final will be lost. And that was uh, an email called, you make a good chance. Now, I don't know much about cars, but what the fuck is a Toyota Kluger? And why does it say in this email that it is worth zero dollars? <laughs> I wish you could see this email. It says, it says the Toyota Kluger worth point zero 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 and then an exclamation mark. <laughs> so it's not even dollars, really. It's worth nothing. Anyway, I look forward to winning that. I'm going to have to uh, confirm my involvement because... The worst part about this whole thing would be if that piece of shit Dennis K. Ramsey won the Kluger instead of me. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Anyways, let's listen to some more music. This is A Lone Wolf and the track Forever.
that was Forever by a Lone Wolf. He is a wolf who is alone. And he makes cool synth music. That's from the album I Work Alone. I am detecting a theme. Anyways, you can uh, check him out. I'm assuming it's a guy. Of course it's a guy. He's an alone wolf, man. He's got it figured out. All right? That's a cool track. It's a nice sort of like mellow vibe. That's kind of like the sort of the vibe of... uh, of his stuff. Uh, what else do we got to do before we go to the interview? Oh, fucking, we got to do the Patreon. What am I talking about? We have uh, the Astral Stereo Project coming up in just a bit. My chat with him, and we listen to a lot of his tracks. But in the meantime, we have to go to the Patreon and uh, talk about all my lovely uh, Pattersons. So, as everybody knows or should know, Beyond Synth has a Patreon. That's a way you can donate to the show, okay? You can donate as little as a dollar a month. It's a monthly donation system. Or you can donate uh, more, and there's some uh, very special, terrible prizes awaiting you if you do. For those people who donate 10 bucks a month, uh, you do that for a few months, and then I make a special video thank you personal message just for you. And I think I just released one for Colin Bennett who is a $10 donor, and he's also FM84. And so if you want to see me lip-syncing to an FM84 song for a few seconds, check out that video. It is ridiculous. And uh, there's also other uh, prizes and stuff, too. And also something I didn't talk about too much last season, but it's always been there. If you want to sponsor Beyond Synth, you can do that, and you can do it through the Patreon. And the details of it are on the Patreon website. That's patreon.com slash beyondsynth. And basically, that's where, uh, you know, if you want to donate to sort of a higher amount, you can actually sponsor the show, and I'll read your sponsorship message uh, on the show. It's something uh, that you can do if you like. Also, if that's something that you had in mind, anyways, there are other ways to sponsor the show. You can get in touch with me personally if you don't want to do it through Patreon. That is possible as well. Okay, guys, let's... Do some shout-outs here to my lovely donors. Of course, we got Power85, we got Brendan Kellum, we got Ravonia, we got... This is a new one, Bendy... Bendin... Gunnett22... What? Ben... Bendin... Bending... Bending Unit 22! Fucking right! I figured it out... (laughs) Bending Unit 22. Ah, that must be a Futurama reference. And thank you to Lunar Baboon, Knox Bello, Terrence Thompson, Nathan Winter, Russ Nyes, Data Sucks, Seach, The Fear Merchant, Simon Norberg, Kanaz, Argen1981, Russell Hugo. Is that new? Russell Hugo, that seems new to me. Thanks, Russell Hugo, for your donation. That's very kind. And, of course, you too, Bending Unit 22, a new donor to the show. I should point out that he is donating $2.78, Bending Unit. Uh, I like when people donate the wacky amounts. Makes me happy to see. And then we've got NW... What? Nougat Ninja... (laughs) N-W-G-A-T dot Ninja... So is that new nougat ninja? Nougat ninja? (laughs) 
Thanks, buddy, for your donation. Uh, we got Kyle. Hey, Kyle, how's it going, dude? Thanks for your donation. That's a new donor as well. Night Raptor, another new donor. Donor. <laughs> uh, we got a new donor. His name is Night Raptor. Uh, thanks, buddy. We got Mitch Wiseman, another new donor. Well, this is an exciting month. I've been on break for too long. And we got Katner with $1.08. Another... <laughs> I like these weird amounts. Uh, these are all new donors, so thanks. Katner, Mitch, Night Raptor, Kyle, Nougat Ninja, Russell Hugo. Uh, I'm going to say all the names like that. Bending Unit 22. Uh, thanks, guys. Of course, we got Girls with Tails. We got Zikorax. Oh, no. I think he told me it's pronounced Zykorax. So how about that? We're all learning things. Zykorax, I-90-R-R, Python Blue. Eric Valerio, Tomas Bubinicek. Then there's Common Synths. That's new. Common Synths. Thank you for your lovely donation of three thirty-three. I love those wacky amounts. And hey, two months of donating three thirty-three, and we are gonna have the donation of the beast. And then there's Chris Schmokel, four twenty, bro, four twenty. I love that guy. And Lucas Ceballos. Whoa, just dropped something. Lucas Ceballos. Oh, wait, no, that's a $5 donor. All right, let's get to my $5 donors. <laughs> All right, where's my lovely $5 Pattersons? We've got Kai and Saloya, Lucas Ceballos, Xra's Music, Joe and Lando, Roman, Philip Huberger, Devious Raven, Bobby B, John Eternal, Will Lowe, Dougie Fresh, Lame Robot, Mono Memory, Replicant 81, Hellroy, and Florence Bullock. And Florence Bullock gave a a nice uh, Christmas donation. So thank you, Florence Bullock. And thank all of my lovely $5 donors. It means a lot to me that you guys support the show. And, you know, the more people that donate, the bigger and better we'll be able to make this fucking piece of shit. And now my $10 Pattersons. We've got Jake Last and Trevor Resnick. Colin Bennett, Jacob Wick, Fraser Davidson, and Victor Garza. Wait, is Victor Garza a new one? Yeah, it must be. Thank you, Victor Garza, for your lovely $10 donation. It means a lot to me. Anyways, guys, thank you. That was the Patterson, the Patreon for this week. Hope you guys enjoy the show. And if you want to donate to the Patreon, that is patreon.com slash beyondsynth. And if you think you've donated to the Patreon, but I haven't read your name, just check again that your information is correct, because sometimes some people will, like, they go to donate, but then, you know, their card is declined or whatever, and then they don't show up on my list anymore. And I don't know if Patreon sends out emails to those people. I just know that they disappear off the list. And so I just want to make sure that if that's something, if you think like, hey, how come Andy didn't say my name? Just check to see if your info is actually still updated. You can cancel. Like, I mean, you fucking (laughs) cancel all you want. But I think there's some people who think they might actually still be donating to the Patreon, but they're not. And uh, 
That's just my friendly reminder to get your shit together and help me out. Help a brother out. All right, guys, let's listen to another track, and then we will go to my conversation with Astral Stereo Project. This is Dead Alert by Triptodon.
And that was Tryptodon with the track Dead Alert. That's a cool track. I dig that. I just discovered that dude, and I'm going to be playing more of his tracks, too, because I thought it was cool. And now, without further ado, let us go to my conversation with the Astral Stereo Project. All right, I am here with the Astral Stereo Project, a.k.a. Neil Holdsworth. Is that how you say that? It is, yes. I actually didn't know your name was Neil until today. All right. Because I have you on my Facebook as NC Holdsworth, which sounds like really proper. What does the C stand for? Colin. <laughs> Rock and roll. <laughs> I started using that actually from uh, Robbie Robertson. He's a Canadian singer-songwriter. Uh, he uses J.R.R. Robertson. So I started using it because of that, because it sounded good. It'll make you sound more literary if you say you do it because of uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) That's the best I've got for you today. (laughs) So how's it going, man? It's good, yeah, yeah, not too bad. Um, Working on a few things at the minute, so it's it's all busy. I mean, you've made lots of music, and we're going to talk about it, because your music is good. But I actually know next to nothing about you, so... uh, Let's uh, fill in some biographical information, as much as you're comfortable with. How about that? Okay. What, what do you want to know? <laughs> well, uh, like, what do you do, man? Well, I work full-time, uh, so the music thing's just kind of a, a hobby. I prefer it that way, to be honest. I just like it to be a bit of fun rather than a job. Sure, yeah, yeah. So, And you don't have the pressure of anyone on your back about you know what type of music you want to do, so I'm completely free to just do what I want, and that's how I like it. I totally sympathize, man. I mean, I went to film school, and I have friends who you know work on set in movies and TV that like uh, shoot around Toronto. Yeah. The idea of working on a set is so not fun. I mean, they tell me these horror stories of like these crazy hours they work, and you know, these are also people who are creative types who want to create their own videos and movies and stuff and like it just drains them you know what i mean and and it's it, sometimes it can sour them you know like when there's a lot of stress and pressure yeah. you know uh, when it is your job yeah I mean, it's always been a love for me so it's not it's not about uh, making money or getting a certain amount of fans it's just it's something i enjoy doing and if anybody else likes listening to it then it's just a bonus so what do you do then i'm a quality analyst <laughs> what does that mean which is uh, well, basically, I check other people's work and make sure it's uh, up to scratch. So if I went into detail, I'd just, I'd just buy it a death. So <laughs> <laughs> Was it like business stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So it's nice to um, end the day with a, with a bit of music and uh, doing something a bit exciting. So would you say that you are a businessman? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't have the little briefcases and things like that, no. Yeah, but you don't need to be a businessman. I worked at the bank one time. And I was amending tax returns. Like, it was like a... You know when you don't have a job and you can go to an agency and they find you work for, like, a few weeks or whatever? Oh, yeah. And I was doing that, and uh, I wanted to be all proper, but it was sort of a joke, so I did actually have a briefcase, <laughs> which which I just kept my lunch in. That's probably odd. It was a fault, to be honest. But it was a pain in the ass because it was, like, a thin briefcase. So even though the joke was, like, funny at first... It was hard to fit anything that was, like, wider than a sandwich, like, in thickness. <laughs> yeah. Because it wasn't, like, a giant briefcase, so I couldn't take, like, a thermos or, like, a can of pop with me. Like, I could only take, like, sandwiches and crackers that would sort of flatten down. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all I'd use it for, to be honest, a sandwich and an apple. Maybe, like, if I took juice, if it was in some sort of a bag that could, like, flatten out and have, like, a <laughs> hole for a straw to go in. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are the important thoughts. So then what? So you're just like in a cubicle all day or do you get to like lean over people and go like, you made a spelling mistake, you son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> That's exactly what I do, yeah. yeah you made a spelling mistake. 
<laughs> yeah. But no, I'm not in a booth, thankfully. I'm in a team of people, so we're, um, we all have a good laugh all day. So, yeah, it's, I'm not on my own. <laughs> so then do your co-workers and stuff know that you have this, this secret musical life, or do you keep that separate? Some of them do. Some of them ask uh, questions about it and stuff, but a lot of them are pretty not, not interested. <laughs> they love the business. Yeah, they love the business side of it and going on business trips to, you know, wherever, and I'm not interested in all that. No, that makes sense, man. I'd, be, I'd do the same thing. I was thinking about that the other day. If I ever had to return to work, what I would do, and I thought about it, and I think I would actually want the most mundane job because my brain is always thinking of creative projects. Like whether it be video or, or, you know, like stuff to do with the podcast or whatever. Like that's what my brain wants to focus on. And I kind of don't want to waste my thoughts using my creativity for someone else's project that I wouldn't really care about. So I think that if I went back to work, I would work at like a box factory, just stacking boxes so I could just have my earphones on all day and then just uh, listen to podcasts and music and stuff and not like expend any creative energy. Yeah, I think that sums me up as well. <laughs> Uh, I just like to um, get through the day and then just come home and do my own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether it's watching movies or, you know, making music. I mean, I'm fortunate enough, you know, because I, I do like freelance video work and there's like enough, but it's not like amazing. It's just like it's enough that gets me by. But yeah, I just I just figure if I ever had to like do the nine to five again, it would be as mindless as possible. But also like not so much stress. I'd like to be in like, you know, like a warehouse where you don't have to talk to anyone <laughs> or, uh, you know, just I just want to stack boxes. That's that's the <laughs> that's the future I've set for myself. <laughs> Aim high. That's what I say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, man, let's uh, let's start uh, diving into your catalog here and listen to some music. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna start off here with a track from the. You, you have a whole bunch of albums. Yeah. So I'm pretty much just picked one track from each of them that I really liked, and this was from the I Dream in Technicolor album, and this is Fast Times.
And that was Fast Times by the Astral Stereo Project. And I'm here with the Astral Stereo Project right now. And uh, we're just talking about stacking boxes and, and business ledgers. Borrowing jobs. <laughs> <laughs> you have a cool sound that definitely no one else in this scene is doing. Yeah. I don't really know how to put a finger on it because my music terminology is terrible. But I do get a late 70s kind of disco-y vibe in there. Um, there's certain samples you use that it really reminds me of like early eighties. Yeah. Whereas like, I think a lot of the eighties, you know, the synth wave that we hear typically it's sort of more kind of like mid to late eighties mixed with, you know, like nineties industrial mixed with video games and stuff like that. But your stuff definitely sounds like early eighties, late seventies kind of vibe. Yeah. I'm more interested in, um, sort of late seventies disco towards the early eighties sort of film music, you know, like Blade Runner and things like that. So that's fair. Yeah, sometimes I deviate away from synthwave, but I think synthwave is probably the the closest sort of area of music that, that I make, so that's what I class myself as. Yeah, I use that term a lot loosely, because I, I think it does conjure specific things for certain people. I sort of use it as a blanket term of, like, the idea of new music that sounds retro. Yeah. Because I just don't want to use the term new retro, because then people... I see people get confused, you know, because there's that new retro wave channel, yeah. and then people want to call that the genre. And I'm like, no, I think since I like, I prefer saying synth wave, but obviously that's a huge blanket term that's encompassing a lot of different styles. Yeah, I think it started out as one particular sound and then it just, just branched out mm-hmm. to all, all kinds of different uh, areas, really. You've got like dark stuff and and then there's the lighter stuff like Sunglasses Kid. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where I fit in, but I think it's uh, somewhere in the middle. <laughs> your stuff definitely has a unique sound. Like you're doing something that not other people are, are doing, you know, because I say this every week. <laughs> on this show but like there is a synthwave sound that I hear a lot of right and I probably even word this the same way every time too but you know it's sometimes it's hard to distinguish people because there's a you know when they make their first synthwave track it just sounds very like you know cut and paste synthwave style yeah not that it's bad uh, but fuck I think I even say the same disclaimer too (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Maybe I should just record. I'll just take a sample of like a when I say this and just paste it at the start of every episode. Just play the tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the point is that there are a few people in the scene who actually have, you know, carved out a sound that is like, oh, this is their deal. And uh, you definitely are one of those guys. It's been weird that I haven't had you on sooner because I've been listening to your music for quite some time. I feel like I've asked you before. Did I ask you before? Yeah. Did, did uh, you pretend I didn't ask you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I logged into a Facebook page that I've got that I hadn't used for ages, and there was your message. And I thought, oh, no, if I go back to him now, and then months and months later, crawling back, <laughs> he'll just t- tell me to fuck off. That's <laughs> uh, all good. So... How are you doing? Well, at the moment, I'm talking to you on this great show, so I'm, I'm doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, actually, uh, you just played Fast Times. I remember you know, I listened to a show when you played that, and then you, you mimicked me after. Yep. I seem to remember. And you sang it really well, to be honest. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> well, no, it's catchy, right? You've got these vocal lines that get stuck in my head. Like, that song, Fast Times, that thing just gets stuck in my head. Just the, <laughs> living on Fast Times. Like I just <laughs> That was it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So what's what's your setup like? You you all digital, or do you got some analog synths? I started out with just uh, when, when I was younger. I used played guitar and um, piano, so I, I used to record all into a box like a Fostex box. So when I went digital, I, I just plugged guitars in at first, and then I started downloading the the synths, you know, the soft synths. I've tried using a proper synthesizer, but it's I don't know. I just find it easier to use the the soft synths. So I, I mix really. I mix the soft synths with guitars and. And vocals. When you said you played piano, did you like take lessons or? No, um, I played guitar when I was younger, but uh, I taught myself the piano because I just thought it was if I was going to record myself, it's something I needed to know. So I just taught myself. How did you learn, man? Did you did you download books or did you just? Can you read music? No, I can't read music. Yeah, neither can. I think the best way to learn is just to find songs that you like and then just try and learn how to play them. You just pick a song with a lot of chords in. <laughs> I took lessons when I was a kid, but I hated it because I, I didn't want to play the songs they wanted me to play. Yeah, exactly. Because like, that's the way they always teach you. You get these shitty books. It's just like, you're level one. And then like every song is just <laughs> like five notes that just kind of... That was, you know, fucking go for a walk with me and like fuck off like I wanted to play Star Wars you know I wanted to play like if I had a piano teacher early on who was just like okay Andy like lesson one here's how you do the Doctor Who bass line yeah then I'd be like fucking right I mean like that's a that's a proper lesson yeah exactly pick something you like if anyone wants to learn an instrument pick something you like and uh, a song you like and and learn that and then you just learn from there different songs what yeah, was the song that you liked I can't even remember now so probably Beatles something like that I was in the Beatles heavily when I was a teenager. Never heard of them. <laughs> Maybe I'll check them out. They were quite good. <laughs> yeah, that'd be an amazing gap in someone's knowledge to have, <laughs> to have not heard the Beatles. That would be amazing. I'm assuming there's young people that haven't heard them. Probably, yeah. These days, yeah. Kids these days. <laughs> Is there anything you got to say about Fast Times? I guess I didn't really ask you about it. It was one of the first ones I did as a synthwave type song. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty cool song. As soon as I found the hook, the whole song just came together from there. And I recorded it in Garage Band as well. What do you use now? Uh, Logic. Are you on Logic X? Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> A whole new world. So anyways, we're going to move forward here to uh, to Cassiopeia which was uh, a cool album. And uh, this track I dug, this is Orsus by the Astral Stereo Project.
And that was Orsus by the Astral Stereo Project from the album Cassiopeia. And I'm uh, chatting with the Astral Stereo Project right now. So this one has got a space theme. Do you like space? I do. All right. 70s, space, TV shows, films, Book Rogers, stuff like that. (laughs) Is that the thing, though? Like, it's like sci-fi space interest, or do you have, like, an interest in, like, actual space? No, just sci-fi. Not all sci-fi. I'm not not into Star Trek or anything like that. It's just, uh, I like disco space. Book Rogers and things like that. That's where I'm influenced by. Have you ever seen a movie called Your Hunter from the Future? No. Fuck! No one's seen this film and it's amazing, but it's essentially like this low-budget American-Turkish co-production and it's them trying to build off, you know, like the success of Star Wars. So it's it's essentially, it's like Conan the Barbarian meets Star Wars. Like, it's a terrible film. Like, it's one of those, like, you know, one of the best, worst movies. Like, it's one of those kind of things. Don't you think some terrible films are just absolutely brilliant? Yes, of course. This is one of them. Yeah. It's got a great song. It's a totally 80s disco-y electronic song that's sung by people who English is not their first language. <laughs> great. And so the lyrics are amazing. And uh, the movie's terrible, but it's pretty funny too. I'm trying to think. It might. I'm not. I'm not sure if it's my favorite terrible movie, but it's one of them. It's pretty damn good. American Turkish. Yeah, I don't know what the the nature of that uh, co-production was. It's got Reb Brown in it. I think he was the dude who played uh, Captain America, like in the '80s or something. Like when they made those. Maybe I'm getting my guys wrong. Well, I'm sold. Yeah, it's called Your Hunter from the Future. Like, Your is his name. Like, Y-O-R. All right. What's on your list? Do you have any, like, uh, terrible ones you like? Oh, yeah. There was there was one with David Hasselhoff. Star Crash, was it called? Something like that. Galaxina with uh, Dorothy Stratton. I don't think I've ever seen that. Galaxina. Oh, well, it's got Dorothy Stratton in it, so that's worth seeing for that alone. What's that one about? She's just like this warrior in space, but she's uh, she's like a robot. It's nonsense, really, but, you know, it's just one of them films you just put on when you're half-pissed, and it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sold. I like robots. Yeah, robots are brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) So what was the, uh, where were you, like, taking the names from then for this album? I think I just wanted something that sounded space-like. I think there was a character in Battlestar Galactica called uh, Cassiopeia. So I think I got it from there. I heard that, and I thought, that sounds like an album title. And then I found out that there's like a hundred Cassiopeia albums by different people. It's a popular constellation. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't very unique. Well, it's all good. I haven't heard a track called Orsis before. No, I don't even know what that means. It just sounds like a good word. Let's go into Google and find out. Orsis. I'm typing it in. Orsis. It is a management company. Wiktionary. What is Wiktionary? Is that a thing? When did the word wiki start? And why is it attached to everything? Everywhere I go, everything's a wiki now. Latin word? Latin studies? <laughs> is this interesting to you? <laughs> Latin? Uh, could be, um, I think I remember now. It was a few years ago when I did it. Could be Latin for something. Perfect passive participant of begun? Does it mean begun? Or beginning. Sure. Well, that works. All right, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> It also makes for great radio. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it it means a beginning then. Perfect. Maybe we can go to the beginning of this segment and I'll just delete it. (laughs) (laughs) 
So when you were doing uh, this one, then were you working to a particular theme? Like, did you just write it and then like name the tracks arbitrarily, or do you, uh, you know, were you sitting there like this? I'm going to make this sound spacey. Whenever I start an album, I normally start with a um, an idea. Every album I do has got some concept behind it. So I'll start with an idea. I usually write down some track names that I think would suit it, and then I'll just start writing the music after that. And then lyrics come after I've written the, the actual music. So there's always a concept for the Cassiopeia. It was it was a space album basically. So space, just space. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> So he had songs like uh, Starlight 80 and, uh, you know, Awakening, which is the name of a Book Rogers episode. So things like that. Anything to do with space, then I, I, would, I would just stick it in there. So then uh, moving along to your next release, what was the, uh, what was the theme of uh, Antihero? <laughs> Where I want to do an album which would combine my love of um, 80s music and my favourite 80s cop films cops and murderers and all that kind of thing films like To Live and Die in LA uh, Manhunter Fear City I thought if I could come up with a, um, a stereotypical 80s cop film what would the soundtrack sound like so I tried to do something like that well let's uh, listen to uh, my favourite song from this album this is Luna's Theme by The Astral Stereo Project
And that was Luna's theme from the Astral Stereo Project. And I'm here with the Astral Stereo Project right now, Neil N.C. Holdsworth. <laughs> so this was another one. It had a hook that got me just like uh, Fast Times, just with a, she's a lady. <laughs> so that one gets stuck in my head too. And it's good. This one's good. I dig it. Good, yeah. That was the... Um the song that was meant to be the sort of heart of the album so i didn't want just synth songs all the way through i wanted something with a bit more emotion in it were you ever in like uh, like any bands or anything yeah i was in a school band for a couple of years and then we only did like school events and then i was in a band in the sort of late 90s early 2000 that band split up i never really liked playing live so once that band split up i just kind of focused on building my own studio really what was your function in the band i was a rhythm guitarist and backing singer when you were done with the band did you go like okay i'm gonna go ahead and do totally different stuff or was there anything that you did in that band that sort of like carried on into the stuff you do now the late 90s was kind of everyone sounded either like oasis or blink 182 so every time i wrote a song for the band i kind of said can we twist it to sound like blink 182 or oasis so i never really liked that kind of thing and i just wanted to do my own thing so when the band broke up i focused on doing more acoustic music acoustic guitar try and make a like a beatly type record so i still got all that stuff somewhere in the attic so i was thinking of digging it out actually and putting it all on um, Bandcamp under a different name obviously yeah it was more sort of a beatly type music until i got into the synthwave music how many uh, tracks did you make as this uh, mystery band did you have a name the band had a name yeah um fallen phoenix what about the uh when you when you branched off and started doing beatly music did you name yourself there well i was gonna call myself the era but I think somebody else has called the era, so yeah, I scrapped that. And I didn't really think, I didn't really a tour or um, or gig or play to anyone really. It's just just messing around in my own studio. So they're all like demos. They're not great quality. Call yourself Orsis. <laughs> I've just typed into Google, man, and like it doesn't get any clear hits. Ah. So I think Orsis the band. Well, that's another thing, you know, when you're trying to come up with a name, it's it's really hard because you end up googling names. Then you think oh, that sounds good, and you run it by people, and they're all like, yeah, yeah, call yourself that. And then uh, you Google it and some, somebody else has got it. I've been having that problem because I'm trying to make like this robot show. It's very sort of inspired by like 80s cartoons and Transformers and, you know, things like that. And every time I try and come up with a name for some of the characters, it's just been taken because there's like 800 Transformers and like G.I. Joe characters. And they all have those sorts of names, you know, where it's just like power blast and you know like things like that and i try and come up with them and i'm just like oh i'll call this guy you know like lightning storm and it turns like well that's taken you know like and and you just i had this big list just of transformers names that i knew i couldn't use but then sometimes they have names that are terrible as well like they were just combining random words like there's a there's a gi joe character called snow job snow job snow job it's a bit risky isn't it <laughs> I love that one. Like, it just, I don't know if they didn't get it at the time. <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> They're just combining random words. So, for the album Antihero, then, did you have, like, a, a story in mind of this movie? Yeah, so there's a cop, and there's a killer on the loose, and there's, he's going out with a stripper. I and mean, that's as far as I got, really. So Is she the lady? She's the lady, yeah. Tonight? She's a lady tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Not always. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that era, you know, I actually just, I watched Manhunter the other day and I hadn't seen it in a while. And that movie is awesome. I love Manhunter. But there is one thing that having watched it recently, I forgot about. 
And that's the really weird editing of the climax. Yeah. You know, like, when he runs in and then finally, like, blows Tom Noonan away? Spoiler. That sequence is edited very strangely. Yeah. And I don't know if the idea was we're going to do all these quick cuts to make it, like, more jarring and exciting or something. But, like, when I watched it the last time, I was just like... I just found that sequence really odd. It's quite an odd film, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Michael Mann did Thief before that, and I think that is a similar ending where there's, like, a funny edit when he's going in the house and going berserk. You know, there's certain movies where they remove frames, yeah. but it, like, adds to the effect. Like, in Terminator, when Arnold's, like, walking through the cop station, like, shooting people, they'll, like, remove a few frames to make the blasts look more powerful. But, like, in Manhunter, it was almost like they were removing, like, the wrong frames. So, like, he'd be getting shot, and then, like, Tom Noonan would be, like, spinning around and then it'd be like from a weird angle and it's just uh, it's it's strange but the best part of that film is fucking uh, the main guy when he's talking into the uh, the recorder his monologues yeah his <laughs> monologues are amazing just the yeah, you watched them didn't you didn't you you son of a bitch and like, when he's, those are my favorite things just that whenever he says son of a bitch into the, into the recorder as you do yeah <laughs> I've always been meaning to parody it, but I don't think anyone would get the joke. Well, I would. I want a guy who walks around and has, like, the recorder and just, like, narrates his life, but, like, he always ends every sort of thought with the, you know, didn't you? Didn't you, you son of a bitch? You watched them all goddamn day long! And, like, just, like, so intense out of nowhere and then kind of go back to normal, but I don't really have a, a proper skit written for this. Well, William Peterson, I think he's great in um, To Live and Die in L.A. as well. I watched that the other night. I'll fucking tell you, I've never seen that film. Oh, you want to? It's a classic. <laughs> I should, even though I, you know, I'm always talking about uh, you know my love of '80s stuff, and there's a lot of shit I haven't seen, which is good and bad. It's exciting because then when I get to rediscover them, like having this sort of you know renewed like appreciation of that time and the music and the direction and stuff. That like when I do finally watch some of those movies, like they're like, oh, this is awesome. Like I like it better than the new movies I'm watching. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I think I've seen every eighty film that ever was made. So and then you come across another one and you think, oh, it's absolutely brilliant. Where's this been all my life? I watched one uh, the other night called Terminator. Terminator. No. <laughs> <laughs> Streets of Fire. Streets of Fire. Streets of Fire, yeah. You want to watch that? It's brilliant. I'll make a list. Well, it put me off because they said it was a musical, so I, I've always put off watching it, but uh, I thought I'll give it a chance because this is the guy that did The Warriors and 48 Hours. So I watched it and it was, I just loved it. Well, that'll go on the list. Whack it on the list. Then we will also... I'm t- fucking terrible at segues. I was going to try and find a way to like segue from list to your next album, which um, I can't do at all. So let's just uh, <laughs> move forward awkwardly and talk about Disco Death Sleaze, yep. which is a cool album. And we're going to listen to uh, this track, which I really dug from it. And definitely... This is the kind of shit where this totally reminds me of music that was like made in the early 80s and stuff, and no one is making this sound at all. Like, you are in a fucking, you know, camp of your own or whatever. Uh, I don't think that's the expression. <laughs> this is, uh, how do you say it? It's a d intermezzo? Yeah. Yeah, all right. I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. All right, this is d intermezzo by the Astral Stereo Project.
that was Decel Intermezzo by the Astral Stereo Project. And I'm here with N.C. Holdsworth talking about uh, the great music. So this track is awesome. Thanks. And it reminds me, I think I probably even told you this, but it reminds me of like a TV show intro for like an epic family drama or something with some sort of like adventuring mystery element. Like when I listen to this song, it just I'm just picturing like a title sequence with, you know, like the people turning around with like their cheesy 80s hair and stuff, but like <laughs> not in like a pastiche way. And like like this would have been just genuine. There's like the rich British guy and then there's like some lady comes in riding on a horse like they live in like this big mansion. I never watched Dynasty, but like something like that where you know there's like intrigue and stuff and there's like rich people because uh, there, there's this sort of air of like that this is like rich I don't know why this is all conjured in my head because of this song I have no idea because nothing makes me think of these sorts of images <laughs> well obviously I do because <laughs> like when I listen to synthwave you know like it's all cars and chicks in the thongs and stuff and this just conjured in me like I'm just picturing like you know these aristocrats like riding up on horses and then like people turning to the camera like slyly and then there's like some detective and maybe a murder mystery or something anyway that's what I thought when I listened to this <laughs> I remember you telling me that actually <laughs> and then you said you were going to do a video for it, but you, um, but you never did. I would love to, because I had an idea, but it was sort of like I wanted to play it straight, but also that it would have a really cheesy like '80s title, and I wanted it to be called, you know, like the Ghost and Mrs. Johnson or something. <laughs> The Ghost in Mrs. Johnston. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would be a different show. Yeah. I mean, I watch a lot of uh, 80s uh, cartoon intros on YouTube, but I also like watching just 80s television show intros in general. And there'll be these weird shows that you never heard of because it was like they made eight episodes in the fall of, you know, 84, and then it was never heard from again. And there'll be these weird, quirky shows. And to me, the idea of a show called, like, The Ghost and Mrs. Milligan or something, and it's like some kind of rich lady and then this ghost like an actual ghost like a guy who died and then he's like helping her solve crimes or something from beyond the grave and that literally could be an 80s show there's one about like a really intelligent orangutan called like mr smith i think i don't know that one yeah and it's literally like uh orangutan that they did experiments on his brain expanded and it's a full-on show about like with an orangutan lead call hold on i got it <laughs> I don't want to get this wrong. Uh, fuck, but I cannot spell orangutan. It's orangutan, right? Orangutan 80s show. It's called Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith is an American sitcom that aired on NBC from September 23rd through December 16th. That was a long one. 1983. The title character was a talking orangutan. Mr. Smith was cancelled after 13 episodes were aired. The orangutan who played Mr. Smith had previously been featured in the Clint Eastwood movies Any Which Way You Can and uh, Every Which Way But Loose. Yeah. They do experiments. He got his own show. And then he show. gets renamed, yeah, Mr. Smith. And due to his high intelligence becomes a political advisor. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So that's the thing. When you see the title sequence of that, you're just like, what the fuck? Like, how do they get away with, like, 
even for one episode, you know? I mean, there's certain things now that are weird, but it's because, like, the, the nature of entertainment is so fractured, and there's all these, you know, you can see some weird, like, adult swim shows or something where they do, like, these one-off things that are totally intended to be weird, or, like, little 10-minute shows here and there, but, like, the idea that that was, like, a proper show on network TV about a fucking, like, high-intelligent orangutan, like, it's just fucking amazing. Can you imagine the meeting before that just came up with that idea? I can't! Like, I just, meetings like that, I just picture like just a pile of coke and like everyone's <laughs> face is just covered in coke like that's what it has to be they didn't have an idea before the meeting and then they had to scramble like and it's just a bunch of dudes like running down the hallway with coke all over their face and their shirts undone to like talk to the president of the network and they made 13 <laughs> how did it get to 13 now i need to watch this fucking thing so do i anyway <laughs> you'll want to watch that I always enjoy reading Rick Shithouse's reviews, and uh, he's a, a wordsmith. He is. And uh, here's what he said. I just like reading this stuff. This was about your track, uh, Decel Intermezzo. I'm not going to do it in an Australian accent, though. <laughs> and he says, uh, Introduces some highly refined and articulate classical embellishments to the synthscape. The high-energy outrun drums somehow manage to complement the suite of strings and synths, sing harmoniously working a magic all their own. This blending of classical and 80s sounds is absolutely one of my favorite new developments in the 80s-inspired synth scene, and Holdsworth conjures megatons of sweeping emotional melodic structures that make two vintage sound forms all brand new. Did that make you feel warm inside when you read that? When I first read it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Say when you when you start doing music, you don't know uh, if anyone's going to like it. So when when you get a review like that from someone like Rick, then it's you know, it validates what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he definitely, uh, I like the way he writes. He says a lot of stuff. I, d I did a review once for one of Ogre's albums, and like I was just always laughing at just how terrible my prose was because <laughs> like, I'm just writing like this song is great. Like I had nothing, you know, no colorful language to embellish it with. And he comes up with new ways to describe things. It's just, it's just brilliant to read. Let's listen to another track from Disco Death Sleaze, man. Okay. This is another one I really dug. This is Skin Deep by the Astral Stereo Project. <laughs>
And that was Skin Deep by the Astral Stereo Project, who I'm talking with right now, who uh, just told me before the break that his favorite show is Mr. Smith. Yep. Uh, an, an American television show from uh, 83 about a super intelligent orangutan. Only run for 13 episodes for some reason. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Let's try and <laughs> ad-lib our way through pretending we've seen the show and we literally, the only knowledge we ever had is that there's 13 episodes and it's called Mr. Smith. Is Mr. Smith the orangutan then? Yes, yeah. He had a different name when he was in the circus, but once he developed the super intelligence, they renamed him. Mr. Smith. Mm-hmm. Part of the drama of the show is that he has to be kept hidden. So even though he's like a political advisor, they can't, like the public can't know that there's an orangutan being a public advisor. It must be a play on the title, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Well, I've never seen it. Well, I've never seen Mr. Smith Goes to Washington or Mr. Smith. But no, I'd rather watch <laughs> Mr. Smith than the, the TV show. No, I'm uh, I'm right there with you, man. What's uh, what's on tap for uh, you today? What's, what's going on? Well, I've just finished work, so... I'll probably do a bit of music after I finish the interview. I'm working on um, Antihero 2, actually. Ooh. As an exclusive for you. How long does it usually take you to make a thing? Well, I, I always think it's going to be really quick, because I come up with a load of ideas, and I think, oh, I'll have this album knocked out in, you know, a couple of months. But And then when, when I put the tracks down, and sometimes I'll think, oh, that's not, that's not right. That's horrible. And so I'll... Uh, <laughs> I'll just keep working on it, you know, as you do. I don't know, sometimes it takes about six months. Like I say, I've done quite a few albums in a short space of time, so it doesn't really take that long once I've got my um, my mindset on it, what I'm going to do. How far along is this one? I've got about six tracks that I like that I haven't finished yet, and I have a few ideas that I'm sort of noodling around with, but uh, it doesn't really have any structure yet. I think I've mentioned it before, but I'm an album person. For me, the track listing's important, the order, the cover, everything, it's, it's got to be right, and I haven't really got that sorted yet. Where do you get your covers from? I do the covers normally. Um, I've toyed around with getting someone else to do it, but uh, normally I just end up doing it myself. I have an idea, like I say, the cover's got to be uh, a certain look to it, along with uh, it's got to suit the music and the mood of the album. So I want someone to look at it and think, I know what I'm going to expect from this album. What was the the mood you were trying to conjure with Disco Death Sleaze? <laughs> well, at first that was meant to be a, um, a sort of fake soundtrack to an Italian exploitation movie, but it kind of just changed into its own thing along the way, which can sometimes happen. You'll, you'll have an idea, it'll sound good at first, and then as you, the more you work it and the more you chip away it, it, it starts changing into its own thing, and that's what happened with that album. It's quite varied. Italian exploitation film, like with nudity? Yeah. Violence. <laughs> Violence, nudity, yeah. Moving forward then, what was the driving force behind Bastard Squad? I wanted to do something quite English. I don't know whether you know a TV show called uh, The Young Ones. So I think it's about 82 or 83. Basically, these four students, and uh, they live in a student house, and all these weird things happen. It's really funny. But anyway, their favourite show was Bastard Squad. So I like that title, you know, and, and I wanted to combine that with uh, my love of uh, The Sweeney. Have you ever seen The Sweeney? No. Yeah, that was a, a TV show from the 70s, an English TV show. Well, a cop on the edge. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just love that phrase. <laughs> a cop on the edge. Yeah, I wanted it to be have a quite English feel to it. So that even the front covers kind of got pictures from the from the Sweeney on it. When I was younger, we got lots of British TV, but I would just watch like kids shows, cartoons and animations and Doctor Who. And like that was pretty much I, I didn't really see too many of the dramas when I was young or really the comedies. Like I think the only comedy I watched was besides Monty Python, I think like Black Adder. Yeah. For some reason, 
some Lenny Henry comedy called Chef. What else did I see? Because we, we'd get things sort of late. So when I was watching Doctor Who, it had already been like canceled, but I didn't know that yet. So that was like sort of a surprise for me. And then I think I was watching like kids shows that were made in like the late 70s and mid 70s, like Naughty and things like that. But you like Doctor Who? Yes. Yeah, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. Yeah. Which is your favorite Doctor? Like I'm a big fan of the classic show more so than the new one. I was happy they brought it back, but it's definitely like a very different thing now. Yeah. Like, they occasionally make okay ones, but I'm, I'm not too keen on the direction it's gone in. But, um, well, Tom Baker is the best. I mean, it's it's hard to... He's the best. Yeah, he owned it. I've uh, been showing them to my son, like a classic Doctor Who. And it was interesting because, like, I was a fan through the whole thing, and I thought he'd actually gravitate to the 80s ones more because they're kind of more colorful and violent and stuff. But he really liked the Tom Baker ones a lot. He just seemed to be more interested in those ones, which it sort of surprised me a bit. I mean, like, I know they're the best, but, like... It was interesting just because I thought he'd gravitate more to like the, the more colorful sort of 80s ones. It just goes to show if the quality is there that people are like it still. I think so. Maybe it's because the older ones were a little bit scarier. I think sometimes kids like a little bit of scary stuff. That's the same with 80s films, I think. If you look at like um, Gremlins and things like that, they're always a little bit darker for a kid's film. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Well, hey, well, let's keep talking about this, but let's listen to a song first. All right, this is uh, from Bastard Squad. This is a track called Wheels on Fire.
And that was Wheels on Fire by the Astral Stereo Project, who I am speaking with right now, N.C. Holdsworth, about 80s movies and shows, Doctor Who. Do you watch Doctor Who when you were young? Or? No, I, I don't watch it, but my, my older brother's a big fan. And he's he really likes Patrick Troughton and uh, Tom Baker, obviously. Yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. a kid, it was Peter Davison. Yes, yeah. It's funny because since we got stuff later, uh, Peter Davison was also my doctor too. Yeah, just because I was a few years behind, like the British shows. And it's funny, you know. Sometimes there's things I liked when I was a kid, and then you get older. And, you know, sometimes there's things you, you, you go back and go, Jesus, I like this, you know, and it's terrible. But in my life, I've actually found that a lot of the stuff I really liked as a kid actually turned out to be some of, like, the best stuff, like stuff that I still enjoyed as an adult. And Peter Davison's last episode, which is still held by, like, a lot of Doctor Who fans as, like, the best episode ever made. I, I was, like, six years old, and that's how I learned how to use the VCR was by taping that show, uh, that specific episode, and it was my favorite one as a kid, and then I grew up, and it turned out to be, like, my favorite one as an adult, like, when I went back and revisited it, which is pretty crazy, because it was, like, a very serious show. It's about, like, drug dealers and gun runners and stuff. Yeah, there's, there's some really strong stuff from the, them years. I'm not, I'm not a fan of Doctor Who, but I can appreciate um, some of the episodes are absolutely brilliant. It's too bad, because the new show... You know, that it's got this popularity now and they've got a budget, but the focus is different and it's more like a like a relationship drama fantasy show. Like it's not science fiction. Yeah. Which is disappointing because that's what I liked. Like I like serialized science fiction storytelling. I mean, it's the reason why I like Doctor Who is, you know, when I think about it, just because I liked that it was like these... It was serialized, but they were still sort of in blocks. So, you know, there'd be like, you know, the, the attack of the Cybermen, and it would be like, you know, in so many parts. And then so you'd still get that serialized thing with cliffhanger endings and stuff. But then every four weeks, the story would reset to a new story. But then it would still... That's that's the thing I liked. And I liked that um, as soon as the plot was over, the show was over. So it was like sometimes there'd be ones where like the bad guy would literally like still be dead on the floor. And then like they turn to camera and go like, well, that's that. And then the, then the episode is done. Whereas the new show is all about like the emotional drama so they defeat the enemy like half an hour before the show's over so that they can have like a heart to heart for like 20 minutes <laughs> yeah that aspect disappoints me because it just means the actual plot always gets rushed yeah no it just sucks doctor who is my favorite show and i want it to still be but it just can't be because it's just not that good you know i watch like game of thrones and like all these other shows and go like why can't it be this good like i mean all you need to do is tell a proper story but like that's not their concern Anyway, that's my Doctor Who rant over. <laughs> Talk to me about Buck Rogers. Buck Rogers, yeah. I only discovered it a few years ago. And I, I met him actually once. Uh, um, with this, we have a Comic-Con in London. I was just blabbering away like an idiot to him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he understood what I was saying. But never mind. I've met him. That's <laughs> all that matters. Yeah. And Erin Gray was there as well. But yeah, I only discovered it a couple of years ago. And I just found it was fun. And there's not a lot of television that exists now just to be fun. Yeah, that's true. It seems like, it, going back to what you said about Doctor Who, it seems to have to be dragged down by emotions all the time. Yeah, but the thing that sucks too is you can have both. Yeah, you can. You know what I mean? Like when you when you watch the best shows, you go, oh, this show is telling an awesome story and I care about the characters. But sometimes I feel like some shows, and especially Doctor Who now, it's like it's, it's sacrificing plot for fucking people crying all the time and like heart to hearts and like you know like you can 
it can be done. Like, I mean, my favorite, like when I watch Game of Thrones, like I care about the characters, but it's, there's also like a complicated story going on that's interesting. Like Breaking Bad was like a really awesome show. And I think now the problem is if you want fun, it's got to be like a comedy and everything now is like really meta. It's like you almost can't get away with a show that's just unironic and fun because you have to be making a comment on something like just like, oh, isn't this silly or, you know, whatever. Like if you have like an adventure show, like I, d- I don't think that genre exists in TV right now. No, I agree. And that's what I like about Book Rogers, it's just, it's escapism. It's very funny. I'm trying to think if there's any examples now. Like, there are some cool shows now that it's fun to see finally get, like, budgets, you know? Like, I like what HBO does just because, like, now what they're doing with Westworld, like, I just like the idea of that they pump a lot of money into these shows that look like movies. Yeah. But... There is this thing about the 80s, and it's that unironic silliness, the kind of decade where you can get away with a show called Mr. Smith for even more than one episode, where they just tried things, and they just did things, and they were there for the purposes of entertainment. You know, like, like there's a lot of shows that I don't think they really were trying to say anything other than just... Let's make something that's entertaining. Absolutely right. Not that it's bad, but it's like, you know, it's a lot of message-driven stuff. It's stuff that's trying to be clever. Like a lot of comedies, that the humor is a lot of referencing things we already know. And like there's certain things you you can't do without turning to the audience and winking and going like... That's just like what happened in Ghostbusters or something. Like, you can't just do it. I remember another one called Auto Man. Do you remember that? See, Auto Man I've never watched... But I love the idea of Auto Man, and I've watched like the title sequence like a ton. Yeah. But I've never actually watched the show. Same here. I've never seen it, but I've seen the title sequence and what it's about. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's one that I want to rip off for sure. Like when I'm trying to do my robot show, like I'm looking at these certain things that I find at inspirations for like visual cues and stuff. And Auto Man is definitely one where I'm just like, I want to steal just the idea that like when vehicles appear, there's like a grid. Like, you see, like, the blue glowing grid appear, and then, like, the car pops out, and... Ah, it's just awesome. It's total synthwave. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It is, for sure. Let's uh, let's move forward here to your next uh, album. This one is called One Night on Earth, and this is the track Fading, Fading. Or how would you say it? Exactly the same. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing else seems to matter. Nothing else seems to matter. Message to the stars. You 
And that was Fading Fading by the Astral Stereo Project from One Night on Earth. And that's a cool song. I dig it. Who is old Steve? When I first joined SoundCloud, I was kind of doing, you know what you do, surfing around and listening to different people. And when I first heard him sing, I think he's still on there, but he used to post songs with his old band. So they're old recordings. And there'll be 80s songs, but he sounded like Huey Lewis or other guy from, you know, Men at Work. So when I was doing One Night on Earth, I was writing this song and for some reason, I'd, when I was writing it, I'd wrote it above my sort of vocal range. So I sound, it just sounded shit. <laughs> so I thought of this guy and I thought, if I could get like someone like him to sing on it, it would just make the track even better. I think Into the Night, Into the City, the song's called. So I sent him it and just said, do you fancy singing on this? And he sent me all these vocal tracks and they were all like laid out really well and, and they had harmonies and things like that it was absolutely brilliant I just thought his voice was very um, different to what you hear these days normally you don't hear many singers like Huey Lewis anymore do you so I thought it, wor- it worked really well for that track he sang really well on it I'd like to work with him again sometime actually there's something about just old Steve <laughs> yeah just that name like when I see that name it's just like I just picture like there was that homeless guy with the golden voice like a few years ago all right that's like a w- weird reference but uh you know like that's what i picture when some guys go old steve i just picture it's like this old guy that like hangs around on the street that's got this great voice and everyone knows him as old steve but he's anyway 
Yeah, he was just a, he was just a guy who used to sing, and he's in a band, and, and he posted all his old tracks, and thankfully he still had his voice, and it was still as good as ever. So it was a, a fairly easy uh, collaboration then? Oh, yeah, I mean, he hit the notes really easy, yeah, I couldn't reach them. <laughs> you didn't want to auto-tune yourself? No, I've tried that, though, you know, it's, it, no, it doesn't work for me. When I first started recording, I used to um, study the Beatles, the way they used to do the production, and they used to double-track the voices all the time, so I tend to do that more than anything. What does that mean? It just means just re- doubling up the vocal, like just recording twice or like what's the yeah that's that's pretty much it you just um you record a vocal and then you record the same vocal over the top and then just try and blend them together so it sounds it makes it sound thicker as well but then how do you get over like the phasing again it's just making sure that the uh playing with the eq and things like that it's actually hard doing it digital when i used to do it on the um the fostex the old box my voice just used to sound great on it but when it's digital like you say there's phasing and you've got to you've got to play with it a little bit fostex fostex yeah i used that for years i don't know is that like a little four track like what is what is a fostex yeah so it's pretty much a, a little box you plug your guitar into it and it's it's digital but i had a little drum machine as well and used to record demos on it and i did everything analog so you'd play everything live one take so i didn't do any overdubs or anything so when i started doing the synthwave music i had to learn production because i didn't know anything about it so just watching a lot of tutorials on youtube and and i'm learning all the time i think i think everybody is really there's always something that you don't know not me man i I know everything i i uh I, I, I curate YouTube and I just tell people the, the information and then they can go off and make their videos. Some of them actually, they're like kids, you know, telling you all this fancy stuff. And uh, I do that for like effects work. Like every time I want to do something, it's just like, oh my God. And then there's always some nerd who's done it. <laughs> That's the one thing. I mean, if there was some way to like filter the internet, the internet's a funny thing. It's the most awesome and the shittiest thing at like the same time. But one of the awesome things is people helping people in tutorials and stuff. Like that's been the most useful thing. Like I love anytime I have a problem and I just fucking type that exact problem into Google. Like there's just a nerd forum that just pops up with people who have already solved it. Yep. I dig that. One Night on Earth was the first album I recorded with uh, Logic X, I think. So that took some some doing because I, I didn't know how to use it. What were you using before? Well, I started off on GarageBand for a dream in Technicolor, and then after that it was Renoise. Renoise? Renoise, yeah. Renoise sounds like the software you get when you, like, buy a keyboard. When you, like, buy a MIDI keyboard or something and it comes with, like, prepackaged software. Yeah. When I first started, I got in touch with uh, Mitch Murder. You know, when you first started, you think, how are you doing it? What What are you using? <laughs> and he probably gets a million of them messages a day. So, But he was kind enough to come back and said uh, he uses Renoise and things like that. So oh, he did then. So I thought, well, I'll do it because I want to sound like Mitch Murder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, uh, how hard can it be? <laughs> well, the music's good, man. You make good tunes. We're going to listen to another one. Uh, and then we can probably start wrapping this up. Is there something that uh, you want to talk about that we didn't uh, talk about? Um, no, not really. I think we've covered all TV shows, movies, Doctor Who. I'll give you some time to think while this song plays. But this is, uh, we've moved now to Farewell to Paradise. And this is the the titular Farewell to Paradise track. And uh, I dug this one. This was sort of uh, a continuation of the style of that, uh, of the Decel Intermezio one. Yeah. I always want to say Intermezio. I don't know why. It's not the same, but it's like it kind of conjured that same sort of thing in me, whatever that is. Demons. <laughs> and this is uh, Farewell to Paradise.
And that was Farewell to Paradise by the Astral Stereo Project. So did that, uh, while that song played, did you have enough time to think of uh, anything we missed? I think we've covered everything. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to have for dinner, N.C. Holdsworth? Have a dinner, a burger and chips. Fucking right, dude. I love hamburgers. Yeah, it's quarter past seven now, so that's it's, right. Uh, well after tea time. Now, now I want to have a hamburger for dinner. <laughs> Those are the best, man. That's my favorite food. Yeah. <laughs> Cheeseburger. <laughs> are you having a good time on Beyond Synth? <laughs> NC Holdsworth. <laughs> <laughs> it's an experience. Maybe I'll just release this one unedited. Yeah. Why not? Well, man. The bottom line is this. You make uh, some cool tunes. You are uh, carving out a unique sound in the scene. Uh, I enjoyed your music. Uh, You got some catchy hooks. Thank you. I've never done a wind down like this before. This is new for me. I'm trying to (laughs) point by point talk about the artist here. Uh, Yeah, and it's good stuff. I'm a fan of the Astral Stereo Project. Thank you. Why is it called the Astral Stereo Project? Well, I wanted something that was kind of like the electric like orchestra. So I wanted three words, you know. Again, it just goes to going through names and trying to find something unique. So I thought, if I can combine three words, then surely there's nobody around called that. Anyway, there is an Astral Project. I just saw their account for like the first time the other day. Because I think it's also like electronic music. Because I think I saw them say something on SoundCloud or something. Yeah, I think it might have been a few years ago though. So, But at least I think I've got the stereo in there, so it's a bit different. That's a good point, actually, having three words. Yeah. Because then you're less likely to bump into the same... Because uh, it must be tricky for synth waivers now, right? Because they kind of come up with like laser strobe <laughs> 85, you know? Like chances are that is somebody. Yeah, I wanted to steer away from that as well. Because I don't think I'm totally 80s. So well, no, I, was, I when, with your music, I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think of that kind of stuff. Like, I don't think you're a laser strobe eighty-five. No, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, you have uh, you have a lovely evening. You too. It's nice to meet you, and uh, keep on making cool music. I'll try. I'll play it on the show because I like it, and that is uh, <laughs> the weirdest <laughs> goodbye. I think. How I've, do you normally end this? <laughs> I was going to say better than this, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> Anyways, man, uh, you take care, and uh, it was good talking to you. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks. And that was my conversation with the Astral Stereo Project. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I think my listeners really don't like it when I talk about Doctor Who and that detail, and I think there might be another episode where that happens coming up. I can't remember who that was with, though. The bottom line is this. you got to understand, there's certain things I like, all right? And it's hard to hold them back. I mean, I knew I made a, I made a conscious effort to not talk about Grand Theft Auto and Batman as much in a previous season. And so, uh, you know, I'm always aware of it. I don't want to piss anybody off. But at the same time, I want to piss you all off so bad. I want to... <laughs> Anyways, guys, uh, have a good week. Uh, Thanks for listening to the show, and tune in next time to Beyond Synth Season 5. Yeah!